Praise God. I just tonight want to think for a short while about the reading, the parable, well known. Um, the wayward son, or better known as the prodigal son, but a wayward son. But more than this, this parable Jesus gave speaks of a father's love. It's really all about a father, God, loving his son. And in that sense, you see, while it speaks of a returning back to those who have wandered or in far away, or not even that far away, to our spiritual home, there is a significance also to relate to the lost that can be found and can find a home when true repentance is genuine. You see, I prepared this as a gospel message, which I feel on a Sunday night it needs to be, because we need to present the good news of salvation. Now, to us who know the Lord, we know the gospel in that respect. But the encouragement is that I want to try and bring out is belonging to God. How significant, how important, how special it is a relationship we have. Because here you see is a son who lost that at the very beginning. And I want to consider the son and then I want us to look at the father. And I want to bring out six aspects of home. I want us to think of home. We can think of our own home. It's a place that we love to be. We're safe. We're content with the family. We're happy where we are. That's our home. The church, spiritually, is the home of those that know the Lord. So thinking of home, I want to look at the sun. Let's consider then very quickly his life. Well, the first thing we see is this. He was sick of home. Verse 12 tells us that. He says to his dad, he says to his father, remember he had two sons, you see. He said, look, give me my inheritance. You see, he actually didn't have an inheritance while the father was alive. But what he asked for was, in other words, he said, I've had enough of this in terms we can understand. He wanted something else, something that he hadn't seen but knew was better to him. He just didn't want to know about where he was. Sad reflection, because in a sense, there's a rashness here. He didn't consider or was thankful in the sense of a father's love and uh, a contentment at home. And you see, sometimes with Christians, and sometimes in many ways, we've got to deal with discontent. See, often in the Christian experience, we do get discontented. It's, it's often a natural thing. It's a crucial aspect of, of believing Christians, and sad that some get discontent at the point where I've had this, I'm going, and so they go, see. But we who stay are the ones that really matter. And that's so, so the first thing was, he was sick of where he was, discontented. And this leads to, second point, he was away from home. Well, it tells us that in verse 13. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all he had, everything together, and journeyed to a far country. 
So he journeyed to a far country. In other words, he was out of sight. This is revealing. What does it reveal? Well, what he did when he was there. Out of sight, out of mind, out of the father's gaze, away from home where he knew he found himself somewhere that to him was a, a happiness and something that he blew, literally as we would see it. He wasted what he had on everything, his inheritance that he was given. We would say he blew it. You know, the whole lot. But he had a good time in doing that. He was quite happy in himself because everything was going right. See, it was all an external thing. It was all to do with what he was getting out of what he was given. And that was it. Away from home, this is what he did. Away from the father's love and more so the father's influence. You see, there's a, a special influence in a family relationship. We all know, if you think of your dad, if you think Hayden mentioned uh, about this, uh, about holding the hand, you know, and you hold yet the hand uh, of your child. I remember in Newcastle in Northumberland Street, uh, it was quite busy. I was with me dad. Now, I, at the time, I was about 30-odd. I mean, I wasn't the, the little lad that held his hand. I did. When I was that age, you feel secure. Suddenly, right, he saw what I didn't see. And I stepped out, because I was in the middle of the road, and suddenly this hand... My dad's hand grasped us and held us there while the bus went past, which I would have walked into, you see. So there is the illustration. The father's hand, if you're in the hand of the father, in the hand of God, there's safety there, you see. You see, he saw what I didn't see. And God knows all things. So sometimes if we're discontent and sometimes if we feel we're, we're going to be wayward, well don't, just, just trust that God has everything in hand and he has you in his hand. And that's the firm, sure grip that he can never, ever let go. For what we see then is the third thing, thinking of home. When he was away, there was a lack of home. As I said, there was no influence there. The examples given, and we know it so well, of a minister that went to visit a parishioner, and uh, the parishioner was away from God and hadn't been to church for a long time. Minister was concerned, so they began to talk. So the minister simply illustrated it this way, that where the fire was, and it was nice and burning that time, he just took the coal off the fire and placed it. Oh. Now away from the fire, it just became an ember. It lost its effect because it was away from where it should be. And that spoke to the person, and he was actually saying, yeah, I need to be where I know I should be, in the warmth where God is. See how sad it is. And a lot of Christians uh, put themselves in the cold, out of the warmth of where God is. You know, and that's why we've got, I know I'm conscious that um, I'm speaking to those that love the Lord, and we are here, so we're not in that condition that the sun was. But I just want to encourage us to think about home, and especially from God's word, in the light of this sun. Then 
we see the third thing, as I said, lack of home. Hebrews 10 and verse 25, that well-known, well-loved verse, but yet how potent, how important, how vital a verse it is. Not forsaken, the gathering of yourselves together, like sadly some do. Not forsaking the gathering of yourself together. If believers realise the significance, the necessity, the vital necessity and spirituality is being in God's house, in God's word, together in fellowship with God, with each other, building each other up. You see, you can't, we cannot build each other up on our own. You're not doing anything. But get together in God, you build each other up. And that's the church, and that's how effective we really ought to be. Not the forsake or desert. That's the word. The actual meaning of the word means to desert. That's an awful thing. Because to desert, you see, you're away from what you should be and should be doing. And we know, sadly, it's related in, in, in the sense of an army. Someone fighting for for a cause and someone deserting and saying I don't want to know putting the onus putting the emphasis on the person doing the work again you see in the Christian church this is what we've got to be careful of look we're all together in the work we don't want to be putting onto others things that we can do ourselves and that's what often happens in the church so there was this forsaken. Four things come from the lack of home. One, it was remote. He was away, like I said. He was out of sight. Second, he was reduced to slavery. Why? Because he blew everything he had. And when a famine arose, the word says, he was in want. In other words, in desperate need. Because he hadn't the means. You see, he just blew it. He hadn't the means to support himself. So he had to seek out someone, right, that would, in fact, he reduced himself to a slave. It says he sold himself. It's not. It's an awful place to be in. He sold himself. Think about it. A son to a slave. Here was a son in the father's house. Suddenly he becomes a slave feeding pigs to a Jew. That's the worst thing. When Jesus was giving this parable, there was a real illustration here to people listening. You know, it's the worst thing you can do for them. Feed pigs. What else could he do? And he couldn't even eat the food that the pigs were eating. So you see, he was really destitute and in a bad way. We lose so much. Sadly, many can lose everything when we live to self. No Christian ought to ever live to self. You cannot, but we shouldn't. But some do. So you see, what we've got to consider then is, is this. It results in the next thing, which was ruin, as I've said. Destitute, of falling away. There's a real danger of being lost. I believe that. If you fall away, you've got to come back. You've got to realise where you need to be. Because you can be in a lingering affliction. And that's an awful state to be. Because a lot of Christians know where they ought to be. Know what they ought to do. And yet don't do it. 
for whatever reason, you know, that's why uh, we've got to always remember it's the Father's love. That's all the time it comes through. But at the minute, we're looking at the Son and what he did. And ruin was the result. So because of lack of home, and he's in this condition, and he's in this situation, and he realises, this is terrible, I can't, how can I deal with this? What is that? He's got something very important, and that is the power of remembrance. Remembrance of what? A father's home. Hey, I was a son in that house. I had everything. I had all the... And, Servants that were servants to me, because of the Father, have more than I've got. You see, reason comes into this as well. You can reason it, and he reasoned it out. He said, look, he says, I've got to do something. So here we see, fourthly then, he was homesick. He was sick of home at first but realised where he needed to be he was homesick that was where he longed to be and you know thank God we're in his house this is where we long to be we can thank God for that that his grace keeps us that his power leads us and his presence is with us and this is why we are here but not the rest on laurels in that respect see what happened was he just realised where he needed to be and verses 17 and 19 tell us but when he came to himself when he realized he said how many in my father's of my father's hired servants have bread enough to eat and I perish notice that's the emphasis I perish with hunger I'm dying with hunger and there's something that I should have and I need it but then you see look at the next verse He said, I will arise and go to my father. I will arise. And that's what you've got to realise. When he reasoned it out, it leads to reflection. Yes, that's where I belong. There was regret, really, in verse 18. He was sorry for what he did. Father, he said, or he would say, I have sinned against heaven and before you. So in this condition that he was in, there was regret. In other words, he was really sorry. He was sorry. Now never ever waller in self-pity. That's the problem, you see, with a lot of Christians and a lot of people. They, they don't look at where they ought to be. They think in the wrong direction. You say, pity me. No. You see, he didn't dwell where he was. He just got up and went. So this demands action. In other words, it's the pivotal point. Verse 17, it says, when. When he. Reason, as I said, leads to this. He got up. Because there was repentance in verse 18. In other words, he was truly sorry. There has to be repentance from regret. There was repentance. He was really sorry. He realised where he was. But he knew where he should have been. So because of that, here again is 
that situation. Here's the gospel, you see. For sins forgiven. It's the, it's the message of the gospel. There has to be a repentance of being sorry for our sin and letting Jesus come in to our life. You know, and what, this is the difficulty, the sadness of being backslidden in the condition outside. There is salvation. There's always salvation. Remember, you see, he was always a son in his father's house. Never did the father ever let go of the son. Nor will he. No, no, Willie, that's the promise that he gives. And so you see, there it is. On reflection, he said, you know what? I'm going back home. Because there's also a resolution, a determination. When he is upset, or we realise where we need to be, arise, go for it. It was conviction conscience his conscience was working there was a conviction of what he, he was sorry for and what he needed to do and you know in Christians there is sadly a lack of conviction because you see the closer we are to the Lord the more open we are to what he has to say and often conviction will come to lead us in direction what he wants us to do what he, where we need to be and you see conviction also works in the world like the two-edged sword it cuts both ways to the believer conviction is Lord what do you want where do you want me what can I do for you in the world conviction is Lord I need to be saved both ways and so it's still the same principle and it has to be before we can know salvation conscience activated and it was with him and then he got up and that's the action see it must have an action it must have an outworking it must have that that, that which says yes I will and do it and it, it, it's coming to the Lord exactly the same then fifthly he was homeward bound verse 20a in other words he returned he returned he went back to the father now a secondly he was received and from verse 20 the father takes over so if we read verse 20 we leave the son and we look at the father and this is the father well, and he arose, this is the son, sorry, and he arose and came to the father. When he was still a great way off, the father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. There is an awful lot there to consider. This is the father's love. This now is the Father in operation. This is Jesus telling everyone that listens, Father God is there for you. Respond. That's what he's really saying. Don't be where you shouldn't be. Why not come to where you ought to be? And that's the important thing to remember. So there we see he was received. The, the father saw him afar off. Now to me, the father God, he never lost sight of his wayward son. Now, I believe every day 
And this is what Jesus was saying. If we think about it, he must have looked for his son. Why? Because there was no chance there. See, there was never a day when he said, Oh, I'm tired. I cannot be bothered. Oh, you'll never come back. Oh, it might be a while before. You. Never, never, ever. With us, yes. But with God, never. And that's the point. Always available. Always seeking the lost. Always there and aware of wherever the believer is. In whatever condition he's in. Wherever God the Father's love will search out and reach out. And where conviction is and where action results. The power and the presence and the spirit of God will work in the life of that person. So you see, we might never stray far. We might even go further than we should. But wherever we go, God is with us. And that's the important thing to remember. Never lose sight of God. For here, you see, is a great contrast. Here, in a sense, is this. You see, the son was out, the father, sorry, was out of mind of the son when he was away. But here there's a great reversal. He was always a son in his father's house. He was always in the mind of the father. Although the father couldn't see him in the natural, spiritually, and, and the love of the family and his relationship as his father never lost it. Never did. And so this is the thing. The father hurrying. A marvellous city. The father hurrying to welcome his returning son. He, he didn't only see him before off. He set off before he even got to where he was going. Before he even got home. The father met him there. The father ran, kissed him, put his arms around him. He was saying, you're back, you're back. And we'll see shortly how he was back, actually. And he has the next word then, to restore. He was restored. The father hurrying to welcome his returning son to restore him to full and wonderful fellowship. In other words, back home. Back where he belonged. Back really where he shouldn't have gone to. But there it is. You know, thank God he came to his senses. And you know, uh, this is what we've got to remember. You know, don't dwell in the lingering affliction. Whatever situation arises, deal with it. Get up and come back to the Father. Let the Father minister his presence. As I said, he was always a son. Now you see this confession here. Because the son had already planned what he was going to say. He was going to say, Father, and he was right, I have sinned. He acknowledged the fact he was wrong against God, notice that, and against you. But listen, what did the Father do? There was no word, nor ever there could be a word of rebuke. Far from it. Because you see, he was rewarded. He was restored and he was rewarded in verse 22. And he has a picture of salvation as well, if we think about it. Saved by grace and given so much. So now for a short while we can thank God for what he's given us. And look at the three things that he received in verse 22. But the father said to his servants, 
bring out the best robe. See, he, he never said anything like in rebuke, you shouldn't have done it. No, he didn't. <laughs> to him, it was his son. So much, so important. And, and that's to remember. So what did he do? Well, he did three things. And that's the first thing. He said, bring out a robe. Think about it. He was feeding pigs. He was scruffy, he was dirty, he was hungry, he was miserable, he was everything you could think. It's just like sin. You, you could think about it. So when he come back to the father, what was he in? What condition was he in? He was like that. He had to be because nobody gave him anything. He hadn't anything. There was no means that he could get anything. He was scruffy. Simple as that. So the father didn't see that. The father saw something more important. I'll cover him. And he did. And he got a robe. And he got a robe of, and covered him with it. Clothed him with it. And we know the robe of righteousness. We are clothed in that. Our filthy rags of sin have gone. God clothes us with that cloak of righteousness. Right, why? Not because of anything we ever did. We couldn't. All because of what he's done for us. But we're privileged in the family to have a robe of righteousness. Right, living in God. What a situation. Clothed. Rags removed to riches. Now, the second thing he gave him was a ring. He said, put a ring on his finger. What does that speak of? Well, to me, you see, that speaks of belonging to the family and brings the word of assurance. See the ring. Very important is the father's ring. And that's vitally important. When that ring went on his finger, he belonged. He always did. But here was a, a token, a demonstration. A marvellous one of assurance. You're back, you're back. And that's what he's really saying when he put that ring on his finger. You're in the family, you're back. It's where you belong. You never were out of it. And so he had that evidence as well. But it wasn't only that. He gave him something else. He gave him shoes for his feet. Cut feet, dirty feet. Probably no sandals on his feet. Because he hadn't anything. So he has shoes. And the father says, clothe them and put shoes on his feet. What does shoes speak of? Well, if we go back into Isaiah, we know the scripture, how beautiful upon the mountains are those who bring peace. You see, that's what it speaks of, peace. And that's restoration. And that's rest. So he's clothed. He belongs, he has the assurance, and he has peace. In other words, the Father's saying, you're here. And only God can give that peace. And you know, would to God that Christians and those who are outside of God, or away from God, or wherever they are, would understand there's only one real peace. And that's what Jesus brings, and Jesus gives. So there's the picture of restoration. Romans 5 and verse 1. He was completely restored. Peace with God. That's where we are in Christ when we believe in him. So really then, very quickly, and three things that I'd like... Oh yes, I've got to say it. The fourth thing, and very important, verse 23. See, there's got to be a real result, and this is it. 
and bring the fatted calf here and kill it and let us eat and be merry and be joyful. Why? Because this my son was lost and now he is found, found and at home with his dad where he belonged. So then fully and completely restored. Three things then, reflections on, the, on our Father God from verse 12 to 24. First thing is this, giving his all. Remember the Father divided his living between his two sons. John 3 verse 16 says it all for God. So loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whoever all believe in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. He give his all. <coughs> Giving his all. Says it all. Secondly, the father, waiting in love. Never lost sight of his son. Again, you see where salvation is. This is the day of salvation. God wills that none should perish. That opportunity is given to all. And the third thing is this. Restoring in grace. The unmerited favour of God towards us, verse 22 to 24, results in a right relationship with God. And this requires, of course, response. Lost through sin, thank God, found through and in our Lord Jesus Christ. Oh.